0: Welcome to the St. Andrew Sunday Morning Sermon Podcast. No matter who you are, where you've been, what you believe, or whether you even believe at all, you belong here. As we continue our sermon series um, this week, we read once again from the prophet Micah. In his book, The Prophetic Imagination, Old Testament scholar Walter Brueggemann suggests that the prophets of Israel were about two things, criticizing and energizing. And Micah is no different. The prophets, you see, disturb our status quo, question the reigning order of things. They help us see the normal state of affairs in a different light. And they always advocate for a new way of living. All this in every dimension of life. Personal, social, spiritual, economic, and political. The prophets afflicted the comfortable and the complacent. And they comforted the afflicted. The reading from Micah offers a good example of both Prophetic critique and pastoral comfort, in words that often echo Isaiah and that indicate some sort of literary dependence, Micah gives to Israel one of the most memorable passages in all of Scripture. He reminds them and all of us of the true nature of true religion. It consists not only in outward forms of rote ritual, but of an inner Transformation. Hear now the words of the prophet Micah. Micah chapter 6, verses 6 through 8 from the NRSV translation of the Bible. With what? With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Would the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, he has told you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. May God add a blessing to the reading of this word. Every day, loving mercy in every way, walking humbly before You, God. You have shown us what You require, free. See now, freely we will give. We must go. Live to feed the hungry, stand beside the broken. We must go, stepping forward. Keep us from just singing, move us into action.
1: kindness. What comes to mind? Is it a kindergarten classroom where kids are learning to share? Or maybe it's a proud mom sporting free mom hugs at Pride. Or maybe you think of an ad campaign, hashtag make kindness the norm. Perhaps it's bumper stickers or other hashtags inviting all of humanity to practice random acts of kindness. Now, I'm a fan of kindness, but kindness kind of seems soft, like Care Bears and Mr. Rogers. In fact, Mr. Rogers taught children and adults alike that kindness is the way. All true, and there's a little more to it. Kindness, in fact, I was convinced was in the Girl Scout promise until I looked it up again. For me at church, at Girl Scouts, at home, all throughout my childhood, I thought of kindness as being nice, helping others seemed kind of obvious and something that you just do as a good person or as a person of faith. Last week in our sermon series on this same text in Micah, Rev. Mark talked about doing justice or mishpah. Today we're going to look at the same text, Micah 2.0 if you will, but we're going to focus on the kindness piece. The actual term for kindness in Hebrew is hesed. Hesed is, in fact, a difficult word to translate into English because there are a range of meanings for hesed. And there's not one single word that's synonymous with it. Hesed can, in fact, imply kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Yet, none of those terms can really convey the significance or the complexity of the word in different scriptural translations of the text you will even come across substitutions for hesed, which include loving kindness or mercy much of that goes to credit miles coverdell who when translating the english translation of the bible in 1535 Created and added a modifier to Hesed, which translated the term love kindness to a hyphenated and more active term of practicing loving kindness. In our reading today that Rev Jerry read for us in the New Revised Standard Edition, the prophet Micah is compelling God's people to love Hesed, or love kindness. Hesed, when used by the prophet Micah, doesn't just mean any kind of kindness. There's some grit to this kind of Hesed kindness. Hesed is, in fact, extra. It's what is underneath our actions, beyond nice. Loving kindness is a radical requirement alongside of justice and walking humbly with God. In general, I find that kindness comes easy to most people. It doesn't require much effort to hold open a door, to allow someone to merge into your lane of traffic or bring soup to a friend or to greet a stranger. These are all good things, but hesed and kindness referenced in Micah is different. It requires a different effort and intention. One of the ways that I have heard Hesed described is like this To give someone a ride when they have no car is kindness. To forgive them for stealing your car and offer them a job comes closer to Hesed. I actually have to say, after the first service, someone came up to me and said, You know, that just happened to me last week. True. Hesed, my friends, is out of the way, it's inconvenient, and sometimes even costly. With no direct benefit or expectation, it's more than a warm and fuzzy feeling. Hesed is, in fact, expressed through loving action. Catholic theologian and philosopher Janet Skolsky breaks down the etymology of the word kindness. She describes kindness as a strong virtue rather than a weak one. In Middle English, she writes, in fact, the word kind and kin were the same. According to Sosky, to be kind means to be kin. If she's right, then practicing loving re- requires us to actively commit to seeing one another as God's beloved, made in the image of God. It requires us to actively commit to loving our neighbor as ourselves. Hesed is, in fact, a step beyond tolerating the other, more than civility, more than politically correctness or politeness are simply exchanging pleasantries the hesed version of loving kindness is in fact transforming revealing the responsibilities that we have to one another and our interconnectedness with god at the heart of it all hesed is interrelated to the values of mercy kindness justice and humility Micah, in fact, makes it clear that hesed and mishpah must function together. We can only do justice by loving kindness. The doing must flow from our loving. You may remember the name Keisha Thomas. If not her name, you may remember her image. In June 1996, a branch of the Ku Klux Klan announced plans to hold a rally in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Several people from Ann Arbor planned to hold an alternate rally against the Ku Klux Klan's presence that day. Thomas showed up to be a body and voice to the opposition to the KKK gathering in her hometown. And then, in a moment, everything changed. As the crowds gathered and the events escalated, Thomas was one of the several people gathered in the area that had been fenced off and set aside for an alternate rally. At one point, one of the leaders of the alternate rally over the megaphone stated, there was a Klansman in their area. All of a sudden, all the eyes turned towards Albert McNeil, Jr., a middle-aged white man who was sporting a t-shirt with a Confederate flag and had on his arm an SS tattoo. The man began to run, but was knocked down, kicked, and beaten with placards. Thomas, who at the time was 18 years old, and the closest physically to him, shielded him from the crowd and stopped and shouted at the attackers. Thomas, in fact, is the one credited with the saying, you can't beat goodness into a person. Years later, Keisha Thomas, her bravery and action led to a relationship with McKeel's young adult son and his 12-year-old sister, who thanked Keisha for saving their father's life, even though they all knew their father may not have done the same for her. In response to those who argued that the man deserved more than a beating, commentator Leonard Pitch, Jr. offered this short reflection in the Miami Herald. Some in Ann Arbor have been heard grumbling that Keisha Thomas should have left the man to his fate. And this only speaks of how far they have drifted from their humanity and the crying need to get it back. Keisha's choice was to affirm what had been lost. Keisha's choice was human. Keisha's choice was hope. Keisha's choice was Hesed a kindness that goes beyond. In the little book by J.M. Barry, The Little White Bird, he writes, shall we make a new rule in life always to try to be a little kinder than necessary? My friends, I think this is the point of the prophet Micah, the essence of Hesed, a commitment, and requirement to be kinder than necessary. Can you imagine what would happen if even one-third of us gathered here right now in this room made a commitment that wherever we are, whenever we can, we're going to be a little kinder than necessary? We might not have the experience of Keisha Thomas, but we could start where we are. Maybe it involves what we post online. Maybe it involves taking an extra effort to engage with people who differ for, from us theologically, politically. Hesed is radical kindness, more than just being nice, but transforming kindness. Hesed and loving kindness is a choice a choice that we make every day, in every moment. So, how do we get to that place of loving-kindness? Where do we start? We start with ourselves. When I think of loving-kindness, I think of the loving-kindness meditation in Buddhism. Buddhism identifies four limitless qualities, loving-kindness, compassion, joy, and equanimity. In Buddhism, it is understood that these four qualities are limitless and increase with practice and use. In fact, Father Richard Rohr writes that, as Christians, we share these limitless qualities. And he makes clear that, in fact, these qualities are already in us. That's right. Even in some folks, when we find it really hard to see, it's in there. Each person made in the image of God has a place within them that's kind. Now, there are many examples online of the loving kindness meditation across religious and spiritual traditions. I happen to like the one and practice the one outlined by Tibetan Buddhist Pima Chodron. She offers this practice for growing loving-kindness. And I invite you to think about taking on a loving-kindness meditation this week as your spiritual discipline or prayer practice. Here's how it works. First, set aside a quiet time, setting an intention, and having a posture of openness. Next, Recognize that place of loving-kindness within yourself. It's in there, I promise. You may have to dig a little deeper around what's going on in your week or your life, but it's in there. And then drawing from that source of loving-kindness already within you, bring to mind somebody that you love very much. Send love and kindness towards that person. Next, awaken loving-kindness for someone who is not in your inner circle, perhaps a bit further removed. Someone that you admire or appreciate. Send loving-kindness to them. Then, from your own loving-kindness, think about someone with whom maybe you don't have much of a relationship. You feel kind of indifferent or neutral towards them. Maybe it was the person walking down the road, or perhaps the person behind the counter this morning at Starbucks. Even though it seems random, I want to invite you to send loving kindness towards them. And this is where it gets real. I want you to think of someone who has harmed you, hurt you, someone that you don't like, or that it's actually difficult to be around. And I want you to bless them and send loving kindness their way. Now I can say from personal practice that takes a little longer, but you'll get there because that loving kindness is within us and within each person. And then after you've done that, I want you to imagine all of these individuals collectively Wrap them in compassion and kindness, and then extend and expand that loving kindness into the world. While it sounds maybe like a simplistic or linear process, it's a process that I have practiced a lot. And I have found it not only transforming of my relationships, but transforming for me. Focusing on love and kindness in our prayers, in our practice, opens our heart to be a conduit for the loving kindness of God. The kindness that God shows humanity and how we may in fact live out Hesed in the world. Hesed is all around us, all the time, in every moment. Some acts of loving-kindness are really visible, like that of Keisha Thomas who saved a man who had devoted his life to hating her. Some acts of Hesed may feel small in comparison to that, but they are still cumulative and collective and help further the beloved community in the kingdom of God bit by bit, in ways we can't even imagine. And if you think about it, it didn't just stop with the prophet Micah. Jesus wasn't known for being nice. Yes, loving and kind and inclusive, but in the ways that get you rejected. He was generous and truthful, but in the ways that are costly and often get you persecuted by the powerful. Niceness is never the mission, but destroying oppressive systems and things that violate relationships was. Perhaps this was the case that Micah was making, that loving kindness is indeed transformative, beneficial, and essential to survival. Recent research suggests what spiritual traditions have taught for millennia, namely that kindness and compassion are essential for our own well-being and for the survival and thriving of our species. In the book The Compassion Instinct, Dacher Keltner compiles findings from a wide range of studies in neuroscience and psychology that indicate that loving kindness not only exemplifies a good and moral way to live, but it carries great emotional and physical health benefits for individuals, families, and communities. He goes on to say that behaviors like compassion and kindness are actually conducive to human survival and essential for human flourishing. That is echoed by the University of Oxford anthropologist Oliver Curry, director of research at the KIND Lab. And yes, that's an actual place where they study the benefit and impact of kindness. Curry goes on to say that kindness is in fact universal. It's essentially hardwired into us, though it can be impacted by trauma But under the right circumstances, Curry argues and research has proven that we all benefit from kindness. So hesed is not only essential for survival, it's available and beneficial for all. This brings us back to Micah. Micah prophesied to a divided nation that empty rituals will get them nowhere. My friends, I wonder for us here at St. Andrew United Methodist Church what loving kindness actually looks like. I think it has more to do with just showing up at church. But what we do with the fact that we've been here and that we've heard what God requires of us. God has told us, What is good and what the Lord requires of us to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with God. So I wonder what does loving kindness or Hesed look like in your life? What is the hard thing, but perhaps the right thing, that ultimately you or we need to say to ourselves or one another to further? loving-kindness. What radical act of hesed can we take on in the world to be kinder than necessary? As you think about this this week, St. Andrew, I offer these takeaways for today. God's requirement for loving-kindness involves more than being nice. Hesed is not just a feeling, but loving action, and sometimes it's costly. And kindness, well, kindness is transformative, beneficial, and essential to our survival and the well-being of all. Thanks be to God